0: In everyone to this week's edition of OA News Overtime, I'm Sarah Polczeski, and as always, I'm here with the always wonderful Jordan Hill and Justin Lee. So, guys, what are you? What have you been up to recently?
1: No, this has been a pretty fun week. Uh, Finally, basketball I've wound down last week. We kind of had a chance to catch our breaths, but also get ready for spring season. the The early part of the spring is always an interesting one because you got basketball winding down. You're trying to keep up with baseball, softball. So uh, so yeah, this was a nice week to kind of get settled back in and, and kind of begin really, really focusing on those spring sports.
2: As I throw my phone on the ground, uh, just uh, yeah, moving from the hard court to the diamond, basically going, moving, you know, baseball and softball uh, coming up. So and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but we have basketball first, right Sarah?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we were all kind of stunned by yesterday's news seeing that Auburn guard Justin Powell was Decided to enter the transfer portal and leave Auburn just after one season. So, did y'all kind of expect to see him as the player to answer, enter the transfer portal this year from Auburn?
1: I'll, I'll say I was uh, very surprised by it. Uh, you know, you just, it really had never crossed my mind that he may leave. Um, you know, he had played so well to begin the year in non conference play. Auburn needed somebody to step up with Sharif Cooper not available while the NCAA tried to figure out his eligibility. And Justin Powell was that guy who stepped up early on and played really well. I think he had 26 points against South Alabama. And, and, you know, that was a big, you know, record tying mark for um, a freshman in his home debut at Auburn. So, you know, there was early signs that he could be a really productive player. Obviously, you didn't expect him to be able to kind of continue that when the competition sort of stepped up and he got an SEC play. And you saw that in the few SEC games he played. Then he gets hurt on January 2nd, and, you know, we pretty much don't hear from him again. He has that concussion against Texas AM and he's held out. We don't even see him with the team until the Florida game, and that was one of the last games of the year. Um, so, I, you know, I was surprised to see that he's not coming back. You know, I think – you know, I will say, you know, I think some people think that this is like a huge loss, and, and I don't think it's quite that big of a loss. I think it is an issue as far as depth. I think he could have gave you some valuable minutes. But, you know, I I don't think that this is, well, you know, any plans to make a deep playoff run, a deep tournament run next year, they're off the table because Justin Powell's not coming back. I don't get the sense that's the case, especially with the talent. We expect Auburn to have coming back. You know, that could be a bit bit of an issue or a different story if they have multiple guys leave for the draft, and maybe you do say, well, that's a bigger loss than we thought. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. But I will say too, uh, Justin Pell went to three different high schools when he was in high school. He uh, went two years to one high school in Kentucky, went a year at a high school in Florida, then went to a different high school in Kentucky his senior year. So, so who knows? Maybe that's just sort of been his vibe, and maybe he thought he could find a better opportunity elsewhere. Maybe he winds up at Kentucky. We'll see if he goes closer to home and. Uh, So, yeah, definitely caught me by surprise, but I don't think it's quite the end-all be-all that I think some of the Auburn fans sort of think it is.
2: It was definitely a surprise. Um, I think maybe it's a little bit of a reminder, not to be too dramatic, but just like that, we don't know these kids, and we don't know what their goals are, especially this year. Jordan, you and I never met Justin Powell once. We talked to him on Zoom for two minutes once or something. You know what I mean? One or two times. That's it. We didn't know his goals. We didn't know where you know what he where he wanted to be uh, with his college career, um, and we can't just assume that he's you know some all shucks person who who maybe he wants to be a starter starter next year. And really, at Auburn, uh, he wasn't going to be a starter next year in my mind. I did not see that happening. I, that that it, it couldn't because it, it here we can go ahead and talk about this now. Uh, you know, looking at this next year starting lineup, kind of talk, talking about what Jordan was saying with you know what this loss means. Um, I mean. My starting five early starting five for next year is uh, either Sharif or his replacement. We can get into that in a little bit, but uh, and then at the two at the two, um well then you go JT Thor at the three, and then uh, Jalen Williams down low, and then you have Jabari Smith, right? So uh, I mean that there really wasn't and then Alan Flanagan, of course, would be the two, turning one of your your returning leading scorer possibly unless Sharif comes back. So that's your starting five in my mind. I did not see a spot. Uh, I, I saw Justin Powell coming off the bench further in his career. So if he wants a starting spot, it makes sense for him to leave. And, you know, and, and obviously he's not saying a lot. Bruce isn't saying a lot. So uh, we don't know exactly what all is going into this decision, but uh, that's, you know, that's part of it. Um, and talking about Sharif, you know, we mentioned it, Either he comes back or, you know, you have Scooter Henderson committed to come down the line. So uh, you've got to, You know, you either bring in Sharif or you bring in a grad transfer, one-year deal, mercenary, ball handler to just replace Sharif. I think that's where Auburn is right now. I think that's next year's starting five. Uh, So, for Justin, I mean, I didn't see a starting spot for him next year. So, if that's his goal, then it makes sense for him to take a look somewhere else. And some of these people, you know, some of these schools, uh, Kentucky and Louisville, who were close for him, um, they overlooked him last year, but now their season did not go the way they thought it was going to go. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they may be taking a second look at him. So it'll be really telling uh, where he ends up, you know, then we'll understand a little bit more of the motives and, and why he he left. Uh, but, but right now nobody's talking, so we don't know.
0: Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see Justin Powell announce that or just see reports that he was leaving the Auburn team. And I think I think his loss actually might be a little bit more stinging to Auburn only because he seemed to be the only one who keeps who could consistently shoot a three-point shot this year for Auburn. And that's something nice that Auburn might need down the line. You never know. They don't have a Bryce Brown that's going to be there, reliable to shoot that three. I never really saw another player other than Justin Powell this season to reliably shoot a three, except for Jamal. But Justin Powell was shooting a super high percentage. I think I heard he was shooting about 44% from three-point range, which – that's pretty high, and, I mean, he didn't play the whole season, so it would have been interesting to see him play with Sharif and if that number continued. But that's something that you can replace at Auburn. I don't think it, finding a three-point shooter who's consistent is going to be hard to replace. But speaking of that, y'all kind Dylan, of mentioned – Dylan possibly, Cardwell,
2: who is shooting
1: 100% from three-point uh, I was going to say, this is Dylan Cardwell eraser, and
2: I will not stand for this. <laughs> Put some respect on Dylan Cardwell, 100%.
0: Both of y'all have mentioned maybe Justin Powell going somewhere closer to home or somewhere where he could be a starter. So where ideally, not ideally, but where do you think he goes from Auburn? Do you think he goes to another big power five school that stays in the SEC or a power five conference team, or does he go somewhere kind of smaller? Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that?
1: My immediate reaction is Kentucky. And it's funny. I can't remember who it was on the beat. We were talking early in the season when Kentucky was really struggling and they were like, you know what Kentucky could use right now? a Justin Powell. And, and, I mean, that's what the, you know, the way their roster was made up. They didn't have that guy, uh, you know, that ball handler that, that could make those kind of plays. Um, so that's my initial reaction is that he goes to Kentucky. I don't know how quickly he'll be, you know, declared eligible. And, obviously, we're still waiting. The NCAA may say that this is a year where um, – you know, everybody gets a free transfer and he can play right away. But right off the, the top, I say Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it, you would think it will be somewhere closer to home, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe if he goes to a smaller school, you know, if, if he has lingering health effects, that might be more manageable than the pressure of the SEC um, if he chooses to go. That, you know, like I said, we'll learn more when he goes, you know, where he ends up, you know, where his, what his intentions were and what he was looking for. What, what, what is he going to find that he didn't have at Auburn, right? I think it's a starting spot, but that's just me speculating uh so yeah I think we'll just we'll learn you know like we said everybody's being quiet about it but uh you know and everyone will stay quiet about it but we'll see uh where he ends up and that'll that'll be telling um, but yeah I mean it could be Kentucky could be Louisville um neither of them had very good seasons they you know it's hard hard for them to be too big for him now uh so uh but we'll see
0: absolutely and this might have been kind of a sour note to the end of Auburn season but Auburn did end the season on a high note they might just be the only SEC team to end this year with a win unless somebody wins the national title this year then they would not be the only SEC team to end with a win but they got the win over Mississippi State to close out the season and I think everybody kind of saw some good things going on with Jamal being a manageable point guard not being not turning the ball over And the team just kind of doing some good stuff. So what did y'all kind of see out of that game that gives hope and promise for Auburn fans next year, since this year was so disappointing?
2: You know, I think I think Jamal might have been a little bit better of a point guard than uh, Coach Staff gave him credit for early in the season, um, because and that was my first time seeing him in person. But um, you know, and, and kudos to him for the way he adjusted uh, when they obviously they went to Justin first uh, as their ball handler was three out. But I mean, Jamal down the stretch of the season proved uh, what he can do. So uh, yeah, so and his future obviously would be a shooter first and then relieve. Uh, you know, Sharif slash Sharif's replacement, uh, a Sharif-like player that they bring in. Um, but yeah, no, I I, uh, I think you still. I mean, it was maybe it wasn't the season you wanted, but um, you know, you have to you have to like uh, who's you know who who could come back. Uh, we'll still see. Uh, Bruce says several guys will go into the the NBA draft process as we've talked about. It is more friendly than ever for a player. Uh, it has been never been easier to go get your evaluation and still come back to college. So, you know, and when that when that when those announcements come, we'll explain it the best we can, but it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's leaving, leaving. Um, but yeah, so I mean I I imagine Flanagan, I imagine Thor, uh Sharif, they're all gonna go in there and and we'll see ultimately who decides to come back. But I mean you've got to like the roster. Uh, you've got to uh, like uh, Jabari who, right, Jordan, yesterday got um, got named a Naismith All-American. You like that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I still think you like the future of Auburn basketball, despite how this season goes and despite the loss of Justin Powell.
1: Yeah, sort of piggybacking off of what Justin said, Jamal's play is going to be big, especially if Sharif winds up leaving. I think they will, you know, go out and try to get that traditional point guard. But, you know, you can look at Jamal as somebody that can spell that guy. Uh, and play point guard for several valuable minutes next season. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'll kind of plug a story I have that will be in Thursday's paper talking about what is next for Auburn basketball and kind of talked about the fact that you, know, you could see, you know, I would expect Sharif and, and Allen and JT to – you know, dip their toe in the NBA waters at the very least and, and sort of see what their stock is. And it's kind of a, a total guess and check as far as what the, the timeline, the time frame is going to look like this year. We still don't know what day the NBA draft is. And, and sort of with the collective bargaining agreement, they have dates set as in, you know, you can stay in the draft. you got to declare 60 days before the draft or you can stay declared until 10 days after the combine or, you know, you can go back to school. Well, we still don't know those dates because of COVID, and they're still trying to figure out the schedule with that. Um, but I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic. I think Bruce kind of sounded optimistic after the game when he was asked about next season. Um, so there's going to be a lot of talent. And I'm really – the thing that excites me the most is just seeing what next year's lineup looks like because there's going to be talent, like we said, but it's going to be what lineups work, what, what guys fit best at what spot. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see. And, and again, as disappointing as this year was, everybody knew it was going to be a rebuilding year. Still had some highlights, pushed Alabama in Tree's very first game, upset Missouri and Tennessee when they were ranked. Um, so, some positives, obviously, uh, some growing pains, but I think plenty of reason to be excited going into the next season.
0: Absolutely. And the fact that Auburn didn't graduate anyone this year, that means whoever doesn't go to the draft or decide to transfer is going to come back to Auburn. So that's always a bright spot. And this is the last time I want to bring this up until we actually know what's going to happen. Does Sharif Cooper stay for one more year or does he go to the draft? What are y'all's final thoughts before he finally decides?
1: I'm going to lock in and say that he goes. That's, that's my guess just because of what he'll wind up seeing as he goes through the process, I, I'm not 100% convinced that that's what's going to happen. But if uh, gun to my head, you ask me right now, I say he leaves. He gets that draft stock that says he's you know around uh, a lottery pick. You know, coming up to like the 14th pick, and uh, he decides to go.
2: I think he's gone, 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 gone. But uh, you know, you never know. There's still a slim chance that maybe, maybe they say, "Hey, your second round." But if you go back, you could you could upgrade and and go to go become a lottery pick. So uh that's the chance but uh no I think he's gone
0: I think he's gone but I also say you know it might depend on what his goals are like y'all said with Justin Powell if his goal is to be the first guard or point guard drafted then and if that's not going to happen this year maybe he comes back for another year to get that goal but I guess it'll be just be a waiting game until we finally have our answer hopefully in the next few months or so it's a sad wow.
2: thing because him and him and Isaac, I both feel like, are kids who just want to be. They just want to play for their school. Like they are school ball players. Like you picture them, they they are in backpacks and slide ons all the time. Like that is, <laughs> you know what I mean. They are just they they are. I think they really wanted to enjoy the the college environment. So uh, kind of a tragic tragic deal that Isaac didn't get to. Uh, for very long and and Sharif may not either but yeah they just seem very at home in the the academic setting the academic uh, student athlete setting Uh, but you know when you when you got to go make that money you go make that money.
1: Yeah that's like what Bruce said about Isaac it was basically like once they got his stock it's like you have to go like you do what's best for you you know and he probably wanted to stay but when when they tell you you could be picked as high as he ultimately was you, you go you go go ahead and go pro and make the money.
0: Well, moving on from basketball, y'all mentioned it's kind of moving to the diamond this season, but it's also moving to the football field. We got spring practice starting on Monday, we just found out, thanks to a podcast with Andy Burcham and Auburn football coach Brian Harson. So what are y'all's thoughts about this year's breakdown of spring camp that is rapidly approaching?
1: I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm really excited to see how much we get to see of it. You know, we haven't really been told what media is going to look like, not only with the Harson era, but also because COVID is still very much a thing. But, uh, you know, he kind of explained his layout for spring practice Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturdays for a couple weeks, and, and basically explaining, you know, the early parts of the week are, you know, they're kind of broken up. That way the coaches can evaluate what they saw know see what needs improving and then you have Saturday or Fridays and Saturdays um, to where the guys kind of get a sense of what the grind's going to be like in fall practice because it's not just a one you know three times a week it's a it's a total grind once they get in a fall camp um, so I think the setup for the fall practice makes sense uh, I know that they're building toward a day and, and people are going to be excited about that on April 17th and uh, I know it's probably going to be here before we know it so I'm really excited to see uh, you know what happens between now and then if we get some chances to talk to Harson or assistant coaches or some of these players and uh, and see what this new era of Auburn football is going to look like.
2: Yeah, lot to learn, lot to see. It's going to be the first time, first time doing all this for everybody. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, going to be interesting. Uh, we, we we still don't have have much in the way. I don't think we have an eight eight times kickoff time set yet. So lot they're still going to figure out, but, uh, you know, it's always exciting those first those report days, you know, at the very beginning. So, uh, yeah, well, it'll it'll kick off pretty soon. we will be here before you know it.
1: Just, just to be sure, I'm going to get to uh, Jordan here at midnight in case they do some kind of <laughs> madness thing for yes. you Ava. Know, you can never <laughs> be too sure.
0: And then, Jordan, in your story, you wrote about the breakdown of fall camp, or spring camp, I'm sorry, skipping a whole Season ahead of us. Um, you mentioned that Brian Harson said in the podcast that these practices are crucial for his coaching staff's first season for success for the fall. So, why do y'all think that spring practice this year is maybe one of the most important spring camps that Brian Harson will ever have?
1: I think it's crucial because he doesn't really know this personnel. I mean, he's still been, you know, getting to know the personnel and not only to know the names and and the faces. I mean, that's huge for a new coach and staff, but also trying to figure out the strengths and the weaknesses. I mean, this is the time where maybe a new coach and staff looks at certain guys and says, well, you know what, we think this guy may be better suited at this position. Or, oh, you know, we really like this guy who was a second or third string guy last year with the Malzahn staff, maybe we give him a chance to start. So really spring practice, especially for a new staff, I mean, it's basically starting over and we'll probably hear a lot of that uh, from Harson if we get a chance to talk to him. You always hear when there's sort of a new regime and new coaching staff that basically everybody's coming in, you know, with uh, the slate is clean everybody's coming in and and has a chance to prove themselves so I think that's huge you know Harson and his assistants are going to be walking in they have no ties really to any of these guys other than the recruits that they've signed uh, you know with the February signing class and then a couple of the grad transfers they picked up Um, but you know they're going to come in and and probably just call it like they see it Um, so I think that'll be big and and that may mean a very different looking Auburn team than what may we might have expected, and, and what we might have saw had Gus been back for another year.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously we could, I mean, we could talk for an hour about what we want to see and and, and how we're interested. But I mean, yeah, other than Tank Bigsby's good and he has his running backs coach back, that's it. That's the only known commodity that you got, you know. And then that Bowdix is in year three, uh, so. Um, that's, that's about it. And we'll see, you know, everything else will be new. Um, I mean, talking about everything. So uh, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a much clearer picture here after spring. But for that reason, it's exciting. It's always exciting when it's, when it's new.
0: Well, I definitely want to throw in something, you know, we haven't really talked to Coach Harson or any of the players in months. But the players are still alive and well. I was picking out some avocados at Kroger the other day and turned around and there was Bo Nix standing there trying to buy his produce, his fruits and veggies. So I guess they got him on a pretty good diet, but the players are still alive and well. So Bo Nix is still at Auburn. Bo Nix, I mean, is definitely taking care of whatever they tell him to dietarily, you know, they're preparing.
1: I was going to say, we may get, you know, the Bo Nix, you always hear in spring practice or like with baseball starting up, it's, I'm in the best shape of my life. Maybe we'll get some of that since Bo's eating his, his fruits and veggies. He's
2: eating guac, oh. man. That's the secret. That's true.
0: Maybe he could teach us a, a thing or two about how to be the healthiest person we can be for a long life and to be a starting quarterback in college football. But moving on from that, y'all mentioned it is time for sports on the diamond and nothing better than SEC softball. Yep. Auburn softball is... Quite on a roll they went five and zero this past weekend and they open up sec play against number four alabama this weekend so what are you all kind of expecting out of this auburn team in the lead up to this massive showdown with a top five team in the country
2: well i mean we'll see i mean we'll see what they're made of but uh you know i would say you don't throw your the baby out with the bathwater. is that a phrase if yes yeah, uh, that's the thing Okay, if you get swept because they're Alabama and they're good and they're good at softball and they've been good at softball for a long time. So if they get swept, you know, but but you got to pick pick what you can find, see what you can uh, gather from this series. So, uh, yeah, what a way to start SEC play. Uh, First of all, with the rivalry. Second of all, with a really good team Uh, conference play, like I said, you can win 10 straight SEC softball is crazy, man. It's weird. It's you know, we talk about how dominant SEC football is all the time. Uh, in softball, I, it's even more, more dominant. I mean, you're looking at the top 20 teams and most of them are the, in the SEC. Literally most of them, more than not, are in the SEC. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, they've gotten one little sliver of a taste when they split with South Carolina. Uh, they, so they've got uh, some of those freshmen have a little bit of an idea. Uh, but this is the real deal now. Now those freshmen, and there's a lot of them, uh, are going to see uh, SCC play uh, for the first time, and again, like it's a different deal in the SEC just because how good the SEC is. Auburn could be the 20th best team in the country, you know, but still be in the bottom third, bottom fourth of the SEC because the SEC has so many good teams. So uh, we'll see. Uh, don't don't panic if they if they if they if it doesn't look great, you know, when you're playing number four in the country, that'll happen. So, uh but yeah, I think it's exciting though. I mean, you can finally see see. You know, you want to see Maddie Pena start against those those girls. That That's going to be interesting to see and fun to watch.
1: To the point Justin made, I saw a graphic somebody tweeted out. I think it was John Neighbors, who's an Arkansas radio guy. Uh, and I saw it, and immediately I thought, so is this the rankings for the SEC, what they expect the SEC to be? No, it was the the nation's top ten. There was like seven or eight SEC teams. I was like, oh, man. Uh, so to Justin's point, uh, I'll throw in another phrase you're throwing the kid in the deep end, you know, going against Alabama to start things. So, I mean, that, I I mean, but really that it's going to be a tough test number four, Alabama, and this is going to be no pushover. So I'll be interested to see how they play. And again, if if they struggle, I think that that's fair because this is Alabama and they're a really good team. Um, But if they play well, even if they lose, that might show you that this team has some real potential. And, uh, and they're going to need it because, like we said, Alabama softball and SEC softball in general is, is no pushover.
0: And Justin mentioned the freshman of Auburn, and I saw something really interesting the other day on Twitter from Auburn softball is their freshman pitcher, Shelby Lowe, was named SEC freshman of the week for softball. And Auburn said that is the third time in four weeks that Auburn has garnered that title. So it looks like Auburn's freshmen are kind of finding their way to – Make a name for themselves. So, what do y'all kind of think the freshmen can expect when they actually, like just like both of y'all said, jump in the deep end with number four Alabama?
2: It's going to be tough. Obviously, the most important thing is the pitcher and uh, the ball's in their hand uh, every time. So, uh, you want to see, you want to see Maddie Pena, you want to see your new ace uh, against Alabama. So, I think that'll be the most telling bit, um, you know, because batters will be able to adjust uh, for pitchers, um, you know, you're, <laughs> you know, you're going to see this is the level that you're going to be seeing for the rest of the season. So get used to it. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a grind all the way down the lineup, you know, one through nine for for these pitchers. So we'll see, like you said, throw them in the deep end and we'll see what happens. That'd be the most most interesting thing I'd be in most interested in is uh, seeing the how the pitchers fare.
1: And kind of piggybacking off of that, I think my biggest thing would be if they play badly, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's how they respond. I mean, you know, a lot of these freshmen are probably not used to losing. I mean, when you think about, you know, where they're coming from and the talent they've going back to high school, they were probably on mostly winning teams. So, you know, if they do struggle at Alabama, you know, are playing against Alabama, I should say, that might not be the worst thing in the world. It'd be a little bit of adversity early in the year. How do they respond? And are they able to kind of shake that off and play better going down the line? So, so yeah, it'll be a big test. But I think if Auburn winds up struggling and and maybe drops a few games against Alabama, it's not necessarily a bad thing when you look at the big picture.
0: Absolutely. It'll be definitely a great week of sports on the plains here. Great weather to be outside. Just want to throw in Auburn baseball. We'll be at home this weekend. We have Auburn softball They're at home, correct against Alabama. So I believe that's yes. what I, yes. they're at home. So you can definitely, this is the weekend. If you want to see some real good softball action, this would probably be your weekend to get out, sit outside in the 80 degree weather and watch some Auburn softball. You know, we're talking about this nice weather, but I kind of want to go back to this bow next buying his fruits and veggies. <laughs> um, and I'm going to throw Justin here under the bus, uh, Justin could probably use a little bit of help from Bo Nix trying to navigate the produce section at Kroger.
2: Oh, wow. I, I mean, yeah, it's not – I don't I don't know. What was it we were trying to find that time? I could not find them. Spinach. Spinach. Where is that? I, I See, okay, maybe I was looking for the cans, like like Popeye's, like Popeye. Like maybe that's where I thought the spinach would be. It would be in a can, and I would squeeze it, and it would shoot up in the air. I don't know. I couldn't find it. They don't have labels or anything. It's not like – the electronics, where you just look like here's the headphones, here's the phone stuff, there's video games, easy. This is you know what? what? What if we rethink this? What if we did uh colors like yellow stuff over here, green stuff over here? Because right now it's all mixed together and I can't find anything. I don't know, it's, it's tough. I'd have a hard time finding the avocado in, in Kroger. I don't know where that is.
1: I get lost every single time. If Shelby sends me to go get something, there's like three or four texts. So I'm like, I, I have no idea where this is. You're going to have to tell me.
0: See, Painter will just FaceTime me and be like, is this what you want? Is this the right thing? Instead of just sending me pictures and texts, he'll just FaceTime me through Kroger, trying to figure out what he needs. The latest thing was trying to make, I learned how to make healthy pizzas that take eight minutes to bank. And he was trying to find these flatbreads but they're not flatbreads. They're wraps that are healthy, that are in a square because they're flat. Mm. And I can hear him yelling at me now for throwing him under the bus, but I had to explain to him for five minutes where to go find them in Walmart's neighborhood market. I,
1: I I treat grocery trips, you have to tell me exactly what I'm looking for, exactly where to look and I'll go find it. But I mean, if there's any kind of, well, actually, it might be called this or it might be. I'm like, you you might as well go. It's going to save us both a headache.
2: <laughs> I don't know why you're throwing me under the bus. See, I'm not the only one, Sarah. Come on. There are hundreds of us.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like, you know what? Bo Nicks, was- if, if football doesn't work out for Bo Nicks, he might have a niche market here in Auburn to be a personal grocery shopper for pretty much anybody who doesn't understand how to work the produce section he could easily start his own business and say hey I'll go do it for you if you tell me what you want or I'll walk you through the grocery store and teach you how to find it yourself
1: and and the nice the nice thing about that is that picks in that scenario are a good thing so so that's that's
2: wow (laughs) we're ending on that
0: Well, yeah, we are going to end on that. And so what do you guys have coming this week that readers can expect to see both online and in print?
1: Yeah, excited. Uh, We got a few different uh, local coaching changes. Had a chance to talk to Springwood's new football coach. Now Beauregard's got a coaching change. So kind of working on stories about that. Also going to, you know, plan to have uh, some local recruiting stories. i hoping to have an Auburn football recruiting story. And then before long, we're going to start previewing stuff for spring practice. So uh, we'll start kind of looking at positions and, and what we expect to see going into the spring. So, so we got that on top of softball and baseball, and uh, it'll be a busy time, no doubt.
2: Yep, baseball, softball, gymnastics is off a week before the SEC, uh, SEC championship. Uh, One more thing: Tuskegee women's basketball in the NCAA D two tournament starting on Friday, so that'll be fun to watch. They've had a stellar season. uh, That's you can look it up on our site. It's kind of an interesting deal. They had the conference tournament canceled on them, uh, but after such a great season, they are going to end their season the right way uh, at the NCAA tournament where they deserve to be. After they were twelve and one, so uh we'll see see if they can make a little bit more noise and if not just you know in the season the right way at, the, at the NCAA tournament. so that's friday and then yeah football 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 starting monday it's
0: gonna be great absolutely so it'll be crucial for anybody who wants the latest on auburn sports or any of the sports going on in the area to follow us on twitter at oa now and at AU blog and also follow justin and jordan on twitter they will be tweeting out lots of content within i guess the next week if not they will constantly be tweeting out good <laughs> content, but we thank y'all for joining us again and your constant support for our podcast. I know we're still getting things rolling and trying to get in a groove. And once we hit a groove, now we got some new stuff coming in new sports. So trying to find a new groove, and we really appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen or watch us. So until next week, have a great week.